Welcome everybody from all around the world. Welcome to this podcast, Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. You got yours, and I've got mine. I'm your host, I'm Dolphus Q. I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast. Now, I believe our lives, yours and mine, are easily entangled with things, both real and imaginary. Benign and malignant. Now, it is those malignant entanglements that I believe it is possible for us to escape. This podcast is about my escaping one of the major entanglements of my life. And so, I believe it's, I know it's working, I can see the results. But to escape our entanglements, perhaps the easiest and simplest thing to do is to do like Buddha and go sit on the yum yum tree. <laughs> but if you are following this podcast and you know my method, is to write my story before your ears. This is my method of overcoming a fear, a fear that had entangled, entangled me for so long. It stifled my growth. It it wasn't healthy. And some of our entanglements are not healthy. Definitely not our mental health, to say the least. But I can be reached, let me see, at DolphusQ at Yahoo.com and QDolphus at Gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. But now, as the walrus said, the time has come. Yes, my friends all around the world, the time has come for the reading of the word. Episode 1, Chapter 1, 
looking for the yard. I sat at a picnic table. There weren't many people left in the park. I felt groggy. My mind swam in waters of indecision. It had been a long day of disappointments. Very little had went right as I searched for what turned out to be a mythical, a mythical place no one had heard of. But I had believed that one word, the name of that mythical place, was all I needed to know. I had heard that name spoken when the plague of crack cocaine swept across the streets of many American cities like the dust storms of the 30s during the Great Depression. I was one of the victims caught in the clutches of the drug. I sat on hard rock at a low point. But when you are addicted to a drug as I was cocaine, you experience many low points. But at this particular low point, as I sat up on a large stone, I chose to spew out internal issues and shared how I really felt about my addiction to the person with whom, with, with, with whom I had shared a hit on a cocaine pipe. Man, I hate this shit, but I can't let it go. I must leave here before I never want to leave. I got to get out of Miami before it's too late to save myself, before I lose my mind. My cocaine cohort laughed. His eyes looked glassy. Oh, man, you just tripping. This some good shit, ain't it? <laughs> Let's go half on another hit. I ain't tripping. I raised my voice. I, I'm strung out. It seems like everyone around me is strung out too. You can't find a crack clean neighborhood in Liberty City. I wish I had a Scotty to beam me up and set me down somewhere else. He laughed again and declared I was only tripping and coming down from my high and I was craving another hit. Anywhere else is the same as here because you can't escape what's inside yourself. He cut his laugh short and stared at straight at my eyes. Look, I'm hooked the same as you, but I accept my addiction. I don't fight to overcome it. Acceptance is the secret. I shook my head in disagreement. <clears throat> But I want to overcome it. Wouldn't my chances be better to overcome in a place where I don't know anyone and no one knew me? If I continue to stay in Miami, I only wave a white 
flag to crack cocaine. His laughter stopped and his glassy eyes peered arrogant at me. <clears throat> okay, mister, I ain't tripping. Where would you go right now? Name a city. My mind became a whirlwind of all the cities I could think of, but I could not choose a city at that exact moment. Come on, name one. He smiled with a lifted chin and waited. You so hot to go to any place, but here you only crave another hit. That's what the, that's what's the matter with you, boy. <coughs> For a fraction, I felt I faced the truth. It was true in that moment I would not have turned down a hit on his glass stem. But it was suddenly crystal clear unless I named the city my cocaine cohort was correct. I was simply coming down and craving, not serious about my inner utterance. I was a two-faced liar who failed to fool him. I was comfortable with my lifestyle, although I complained. The image of myself stuck as I was, frozen in time, frightened me. I broke my silence. I snatched a city from the whirlwind. Los Angeles, I will go to Los Angeles. <laughs> My cocaine cohort bent double with laughter. He straightened up right with tears in his eyes. Los Angeles. <laughs> Man, getting out to L.A. ain't no big deal. This time next week, you could be in L.A. I grabbed a breath of air and repeated what he had said. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You telling me this time next week? Next Wednesday, I could be in L.A.? He nodded his head with the assurance of someone who knew the truth. Yeah, you could be right there on the nickel in downtown L.A. He paused like he had forgotten something. In fact, you could be there before this time next week. L.A. is in another time zone. Suddenly, a light switched on in the dark. I saw a solution to set myself free, a place where I knew nobody and nobody knew me, a perfect place to overcome my addiction and free myself from the clutches of crack cocaine. I was ready to go right then and there. I stood up from the stone upon which I had sat I leaned towards him with my eyes wide open. Okay, tell me how to make that happen. It's easy. You just hop on a train and ride. Amtrak is the only train that flashed across my mind, and I knew it cost money to ride. I sat back down on the stone like a deflated balloon. But it takes money to ride the train. I ain't got no money, and if I had any, I would spend it on crack and not on a ticket to ride a train. Come on, man, give me a break. He leaned towards me, his eyes scratched, 
You don't need money to ride a freight train. You just hop on and ride. My mind flashed back to the old black and white pictures I've seen of the Great Depression back in the 1930s and of men who rode the rails in search of work. Those men were known as hobos. Are people still doing that? I asked. Well, it's not as widespread as it once was. So there ain't many folks who know much about freight trains these days. Suddenly I saw myself on a freight train. My free ride to freedom. I was ready to roll right then. I looked at him with excitement, a glow in my eyes, and asked him when could we leave. He paused as if stung by my question. He placed a fist before his mouth and coughed. <coughs> leave? Ain't no way I can leave right now. I got a hot mess to clean up. But as soon as I get that mess cleaned up, you get your stuff ready and pack and be ready to ride. I was excited by the prospect of leaving Miami more than willing to wait on him. But I wanted a closer look at freight trains and, and asked uh, uh, where the trains waited. He smiled with tight lips and rocked his head. See, that's what I mean. A lot of folks don't know much about freight trains these days. Only one they know about is the one they see at railroad crossings. And they don't have no concept of the yard. That's where the train waits. And the yard is where you catch out. The catch out yard is in Palm Beach, West Palm Beach. From that day until the day I took off on my own, whenever we met, I would ask about the yard. He would tell me he still had a few loose ends to take care of. And as soon as he did, he would be ready to leave. His story never changed, nor did my desire to leave. The last time I spoke to him, I asked him, if he was serious about leaving Miami as I was, he assured me he was, and his only hindrance was getting to West Palm Beach. I will be ready to roll as soon as I get that worked out. Perhaps sometime next week, just be packed and be ready. I remained packed for weeks without sight of him. I grew impatient, and I made my move perhaps too soon with too little knowledge of freight trains or the location of the place known as the yard in West Palm Beach. It had been a long day of disappointment except for one bright flash of light which has since to embers. It started with my first night in West Palm Beach. A thump and a splash at the bridge of my nose startled me from my sleep. 
I flipped my arms as if I feared I would drown. My face felt covered with a watery liquid. I shut my eyes. It seeped up my nose. I sat upright. A ball of beer rolled off my chest and down on the sidewalk. The ball was tough and it didn't break. I coughed and spat out what I could from my mouth. I wiped my face with the back of my eyes. I opened my eyes. Immediately, I identified the taste in my mouth as warm human urine. I lowered my head and spat out repeatedly as I wondered who would do this to a homeless man asleep on a bus stop bench in downtown West Palm Beach. Then I heard obscenities and laughter from a group of young white guys seated in an expensive car that waited for the traffic light to change to green. I rose in anger, and as I did, I snatched up the unbroken bottle. I shouted they were stupid SOBs, then flung the bottle towards the car, which speeded off before the light changed its color. I stood and watched the red tail lights fade, fade into the dark of night. I returned to the blanket on the bench, which had served as my bed, and my knapsack, which had served as my pillow. I thought this would be a safe place to sleep. The bus service had stopped. It was long past the midnight hour. It was located at an intersection with a traffic light. <laughs> the blanket was wet. I shook it out to dry, then spread it on the back of the bench. I sat and thought of my predicament. I was finally in West Palm Beach, and now all I had to do was find the yard. I did not take this rude awakening as a good sign. Nonetheless, because I was truly tired, I decided to return to sleep and remade my bed on the bench again. I was awoken again by the sound of a siren and bright headlights. I rose up from the bench and shielded my eyes with the back of my hand. It was a police car. The siren stopped, and the officer opened the door and got out with a flashlight in his hands. He shouted as he started towards me, Keep both hands on your knees. I complied as he walked cautiously towards the bench where I sat. It's against the law to sleep on that bench. I can put you in jail for that. I swallowed and spoke up quickly. Officer, sir, I, I didn't know that. Uh, I'm a stranger. I'm homeless. I walked here from Boca Raton. I was tired. I, I, I saw the bench. I scratched out. I went to sleep. And your pillow there. What do you have in your knapsack? Any weapons or drugs? No, sir. Uh, uh, just some clothes. You can look. Got any ID? I swallowed again and told the truth. 
You know, I can arrest you for vagrancy, the officer said. And there's a city ordinance that prohibits sleeping on public benches. Right now, sir, I'm required to arrest you and to take you to jail. I started to sweat. But I didn't know about the laws. So ignorance is your excuse, the officer said and pressed his lips together and shook his head as if he had heard that excuse before. He narrowed his eyes and focused them on me. Look, I do not write the laws, but I serve as the eyes of those who do. And those same eyes watch me as I work. Now, if you go somewhere I cannot see you, then the law has nothing to report. When I come back this way in an hour, I don't want to see you asleep on that bench. And I suggest you acquire an ID while you are in West Palm Beach. Now, I hope I have been clear, and I hope you have yourself a good day. The officer turned to walk away. I stared at his backside and said under my breath, this day is certainly off to a shitty start. The officer spun around like a top and stopped. There was a hint of humanity in his smile. Sir, it's not how your day starts, but how it finishes out. My day was a disaster if one count losing on all fronts of success. When I left the bench to seek a place beyond the eyes of the law, I found a dumpster on a dark back street alley. The dumpster contained cardboard boxes. I scratched out on a pallet of cardboard and drifted off to sleep. <laughs> Daylight woke me up. And I went searching for the yard. Excuse me, sir. I'm looking for a place called the yard. Do you know where it is? No one I encountered had a hint of what I meant about the yard. My description as a place where the train waited led several people to direct me to the Amtrak station I left the station and found my way to the same park bench to the same bus stop bench on which I had slept the bench was totally occupied a double digit crowd of people stood and waiting for the bus but I noted a man who stood apart from the crowd he stood his ground. He held a tin can in his hands, which he shook as he spoke to people as they walked past him. Good morning, ma'am. Can you help me out this morning? I'm hungry, and I'm trying to get something to eat. Good morning, sir. Can you help a brother out this morning? I'm just trying to get enough money to get something to eat. I had seen many men like him in Miami. It was a straight-out hustle, but in him I saw hope. I hurried to where he stood. I spoke cautiously like I did not want our conversation to be overheard by others. Say, brother, I just arrived 
from Miami. I'm looking for some action. Can you help me on the happenings around here? He stopped shaking his can. He smiled. You want to go into the hood <laughs> across 110th Street. That's where you'll find all the action you're looking for in West Palm Beach. And at this point, we will stop our <laughs> reading of the word today and we will return to our keyboard and we will continue writing. So until next time, everybody all around the world, I want you to have a lovely day and join us next week for escaping the entanglements of our lives. So long, everybody.